Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, today I want to share a podcast that I produce with my friend John E. Greek, and I've shared him many times before on this radio show. His podcast is called the Mortal Wounds Series Podcast, and I think it's very important for us to take a look within to discover why we might behave, why we might feel the way we do, why we might act the way we do, and look back to see if perhaps we have some wounded children still living within our psyche, within our DNA, as a matter of fact. So today I want to share the most recent podcast that I act as the wing woman with the podcast host, Johnny Greek. And if you have something to say and would like to host your own podcast, reach out to me and we can discuss how we can make that a reality. You don't need to buy any equipment. You don't need to know anything other than what it is you're talking about. And we can tape this over the phone and you can actually have your very own podcast as well. So reach out to me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or you can call me 440-725-5462. Also, if you have a book, if you are an author and you're tuning in and you have a book that you would like to turn into an audiobook, I do that as well. So I do all the narration and the production of your book into an audiobook. So feel free to call me, email me if you're interested to either host your own podcast or to have your book turned into an audiobook. Pat at speakupandstayalive.com or 440-725 5462. But right now, I want to share the most recent podcast that I had the lovely opportunity to work on with my friend John E. Greek. Here we go. Welcome to the Mortal Wounds series podcast with John E. Greek. I am Pat Rulo from the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, here to learn right along with you about the wounded child each of us holds within our psyche. John is an accomplished author, speaker, and wounded healer, and each episode promises a peek into stories using real-life examples related to the various attributes of the wounded child. As a healer, John helps us to see and recognize that, like him, we too most likely have a wounded child just waiting to be recognized and healed. And right now, here to tell us we are not alone, John E. Greek. Boy, we got a story to talk about today. 
<laughs> we're going to talk about the fact that everybody in life seems to say they have a dysfunctional family. Well, where does that dysfunctionality come from? It comes from wounded children, in my opinion. And where did those wounded children come? They come from the victim world. They come from the place where a father who has been beaten up by his mother as a child turns around and becomes an adult, and then he starts beating up his child. So I'm going to tell a story about 25, 30 years ago, I was in San Francisco. Actually, it was 40 years ago, excuse me. 40 years ago, I was in San Francisco um, working, trying to make a living, and uh, my grandmother on my father's side was in the hospital. She had a bout with diabetes, and so the hospital was a mile up the hill from where I was working, so one day after work, I decided to walk up the hill and go visit Grandma. And I got there, and she was asleep, and the nurse said that she'd just gone out. She might be out for a little while. Well, I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait. So I waited about 25, 30 minutes, and all of a sudden, my grandmother wakes up, and she looks over, and she goes, Raymond, what are you doing here? She thought I was my father. So I went with it. I acted as though I was my father, and I started talking to her, and she started telling me all the stories about how she used to take me out in the, the woodshed and whip me with a switch and the different reasons why. So imagine this. It's 1937. It's the Depression. We're all sitting around the table. Mom, Mom's bringing our food, and she doles out biscuits and gravy for dinner. You know, during depression, you eat whatever you can eat. Anyhow, she dishes out biscuits and gravy, and I'm the youngest boy, and my two sisters, Evelyn and Edna, they're the youngest girls. So Ma gives us a half of a biscuit and gravy and gives the bigger kids a, a larger serving. So I say to Ma, Ma, how come the rest of the kids get more than Edna, Evelyn, and I? Why, why aren't we able to get a full biscuit? And Ma says, hush up, boy. You take whatever you get for dinner, and you don't speak about it. But Ma, it's not fair. Ma walks over, grabs my plate. She says, you want not fair? Here's not fair. Go into your room. So I go into my room. I'm without food. So Ma creates in me right there the lonely, wounded child because I feel all alone. I'm not able to have dinner with the rest of the family. And I'm the hungry, wounded child. Ma comes in a few minutes later and she says, maybe next time you won't be running your mouth, boy. And I go, Ma, it's not fair. And she says, you want not fair? She grabs me by the arm, pulls me out the back of the house. Brothers and sisters are yelling, Ma, don't do it, don't do it. But she's doing it anyway. She takes me out back. She grabs a switch off the, the closest tree she could grab a, a switch from. And she takes me into the woodshed and she paddles my behind with this, this switch. So what does that create? That creates the battered wounded child. 
so what happens as time goes on, of course, my father grows up and he becomes married and he becomes my father. And at three years of age, he beats me up enough that I end up in a hospital. So what does this really tell us? Is being a wounded child a generational thing? Is that really the dysfunction that's happening in this world? Is really we don't, It's not that we have a dysfunction. We have wounded children going around the world because one generation after another doesn't do anything about it. Think about the alcoholic. We've all heard it before. There's generations of alcoholism in a family. Same thing with child molestation. So what are these situations? They're wounded children that never heal their alcoholism. So they pass it on to the next generation. And that generation passes it on to the next generation until somebody's bold enough to say enough is enough. So how did I stop? the generational aspect of a battered, wounded child. Well, one day I'm out in the back of my property doing some work and I'm up on a ladder and I asked my oldest son, who was almost six years old at the time, to go to the barn and get me a crescent wrench. Now, I did to him the same thing my father did to me. I didn't even tell him what a crescent wrench was. But I pushed him hard enough to go get that wrench that he ran as fast as little legs would run. He runs into the, the barn and starts going through my tools to try and figure out what a crescent wrench was. And he finally had to ask my second wife, his stepmother, what a crescent wrench was. So she helped him get it. He runs back to the, the ladder where I'm standing and I'm all unpatient and upset that it took him so long and he I reached down to grab the wrench out of his hands and I, I raised over my head just like my father used to do with me whenever he'd say go get me a wrench and I'd get the wrench and he'd hold it over his head and he'd yell at me next time I send you to get me a tool you better hurry up and get it to me or I'm gonna just crack you over the head with it now he never hit me with the wrench but he hit me with his words, and his words were so strong that it put the fear of God in me. Every time I, he asked me for a wrench, I cringed, not knowing how fast I could get it, or even if I did get it fast, it was never fast enough. So here I am standing on my ladder, and I say to my little boy, you know, next time, and all of a sudden I stop, and I see that, I'm my father. And I climb down off my ladder. I get down on my knees and I look my little boy straight in the eyes and I go, you know what, son? I'm sorry I did that to you. I did to you what my father, father did to me. And I promise you I will do my best not to do it ever again. I can't promise you I won't do it again. But I think the fact that I recognize what I've done, I probably won't ever do it again. So that's why I'm a recognition champion, because once you recognize that you can do harm because of the fact that you have a wounded child within you, that you can do harm, you can also change it by recognizing the damage that you can create. 
John, I'm just kind of sitting here beside myself. This is a huge story and thought-provoking, and I think we all could put ourselves in that place where we find ourselves tending to behave like our parents or whoever had that kind of influence over us. And that's very interesting that, you know, you've got victims that keep going on creating more victims and without realizing where they're coming from, or as you are saying now, wounded children, creating more wounded children. And it's interesting how you were able to stop that. And and again, I wonder what that mechanism was, like what... You talk about being a recognition champion. I wonder what caused you to be the end of that line to to say, okay, enough's enough. I don't want to be like my father. If people are listening, I wonder if they see this in them in themselves, what they could do to stop that cycle, whether it be something like that or whether it could be alcoholism or gambling or whatever vice, if you will, they experience. So, you know, I think the best way to do this is before you act or react, think about the consequences. If you can see the consequences, then you can most likely see the wounded child in you that was created from similar consequences. Maybe just through your work in this conversation, that might be all it would take for someone to recognize that the reason why they might behave a certain way is because of the wounded child that they harbor from their past. So maybe it's just as simple as that, just to recognize, oh my gosh, I never thought about it in these terms and now I need to change it. Yeah, how about the mother or father that continues to tell their child, you'll never amount to anything. I hate that. What's a rough one? It's a rough one, yes. and, and I saw a lot of my friends' parents tell them, and my my father said it to me, oh, my God, throughout my life, even as an adult, oh, you'll never amount to anything. Well, for me, I was going to prove him otherwise. I was going to amount to more than he ever amounted to, and, and I succeeded. And it, it, it wasn't a game I was playing or anything else. It was the fact that, I could have taken his words and, and lived a really lowly life and not amounted to anything. But I chose to go the opposite and said, you know what, I'm going to amount to a lot. And I don't mean monetarily. Right. I mean as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a difference. And, of course, for me, it also took a lot of years to recognize that, you know, I had to heal my wounded children to be able to start really helping people and, and be amounting to something, but I was telling you, Pat, earlier before we we started this podcast, I was telling her the fact that, man, I I can't even watch television anymore without recognizing multiple wounded children in the the stories that I'm watching, and so it's all around me, and, and so what's causing me to see things this way? Well, one thing, and and that is empathy. And when you learn to have empathy for yourself and for others, you start seeing the world and you start seeing the love that's within the world. So you're saying that it can be stopped simply by taking that time to pause and recognize and, and as you say, becoming a more empathetic person and realizing the love that surrounds us or that we can give and put out into the world. Unfortunately, it takes one person in the string to stop it from going to the next generation. Now, now, hopefully, my little boy, we've talked about this 
over the years. We talked about that incident. In fact, this is the one time I brought it up. We were sitting in the parking lot at uh, the San Diego baseball stadium getting ready to go to the opening day baseball game. It used to be our thing. And, you know, I started talking about, you know, I wished I would have learned some of the things I've learned now a lot sooner in life. And one of the ones was that situation with you and I when you I was on the ladder and sent you to the barn to get a crescent wrench. And he looks at me and he says, man, Dad, I can't even believe you still remember that day. And I said to him, well, do you remember it? He says, I remember it. But what I remember more is how sorry you were, and I remember you crying about it. Wow. I said, yeah, it brought tears to my eyes because I was going to do to you what my father had done to me. And you'd probably do the same to your children later on in life because that's all you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, he says, you know, I've never raised a hand to any of my children. And I said, well, that's good, son. I'm proud of you. So you broke that cycle, and we've talked in the past about how you can carry this on through your DNA, so that's no longer there. That's right. I, be- I believe that when you heal that wounded child, you actually remove it from your DNA, mm-hmm. so you can't pass it on to the next generation. Yeah, our, I think our DNA is our blueprint of, of our life, more so than it is um, a way for them to find us in criminal situations. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, if we carried on into our next lifetime, what we didn't heal this lifetime, it's going to come out in the next lifetime, and you'll have a chance to heal it then. And if you don't heal it in that one, it'll come out in the next one. And I believe you have to heal all your wounded children before you can walk in the footsteps of a Jesus. I think that's what life is all about. We want to get to become a master of the masters. And the only way you can do that is to heal your wounded children along the way and not create any in others. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And you are definitely the recognition champion, working really hard to get this message out there. So I know you've been working on other books along this same line. Are you ready to share that or do you want to talk more about the generational issues? I'm ready to share a little bit about what I'm working on. Okay. Um, this past weekend, Memorial Weekend, it was a it was a time where I just kind of withdrew from my normal daily activities and decided it was time to to get on to writing one of my books. And it's a book I started about six months ago, but now I'm pushing myself to finish it. First of all, a couple of weeks ago, it was announced by email to me that my trademark was approved by the federal trademark and that will be published on june 11th so i decided well i gotta get a book out right after that so that i can use my trademark the way i intended it to be used so i started working on the ageless wounded child and that's when i started recognizing this situation where victims create victims and wounded children create wounded children So this is going to be a very exciting book. I'm not going to talk much about it because I don't want to give it away, and the ending is just going to blow your mind. Well, true to form, true to your form, right? Yes, true to my form. (laughs) I I hope to get people 
recognizing their wounded child. I think this book will be, this is going to be the book that's going to put me on the map, I believe, because it's going to bring out how to recognize multiple wounded children within our psyches. I mean, if I can have 31, mm -hmm. how many do you have? Mm -hmm. how, how many do your children have? I mean, I could probably sit here and write down every wounded child I created as far as as uh, carrying it on from one generation to the next because I know I know I created wounded children within my children. Well, I think we all did, not intentionally, but I think we did. And I, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, whoa, what a what a fine exercise that would be just for self-growth, to sit down and not only think about your own wounded children within yourself, but the ones that you have created in others, maybe not even just your kids, but just, you know, other people you've been close to. Interesting. Yeah, because I think we create them in more than just our children. I mean, if we ever turned on a friend, mm -hmm. we most likely created a wounded child in that friend that we befriended, mm -hmm. unfriended. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's a lot of rich goodies within this conversation today. I I'm liking what you just said, and I think I'm going to have to sit down sometime in a quiet moment and think about my two girls and think about what wounded children I might have created. And wouldn't that be a great conversation to have with them at some point in time? Well, yeah, and, and ideally, here's the way you want to do this, Pat, is you want to identify what wounded children you created in them, but you also have to see what wounded children were created in you so that you can heal yours mm -hmm. and use that experience to heal theirs. Right, right. Yeah, I would imagine that's all wrapped up. I mean, I would think, as you're talking about generational issues here, that whatever I might have passed on to them or created in them was something that somebody created in me. So otherwise, how would I know or even feel to pass that on to somebody else? So I would think what I recognize in them, I should also recognize in myself. That's kind of what namaste means. Mm -hmm. The word namaste, how many of us heard somebody say that, namaste? I honor in you that which I honor in myself. Mm -hmm. I recognize in you that which I recognize in myself. Wow. I love you, Johnny Greek. <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of a good way to end this one with <laughs> namaste, don't you think? Absolutely. So with that in mind, is there anything else you wanted to wrap us up with? Um, no, just watch for the Ages Wounded Child to come out in June, and the rest of my books are available on Amazon, and if you'd like to hear these podcasts, you can either go to speakuptalkradio.com, or you can also go to www.johnnygreek.com, and they're all posted there. Right. Well, to you, my friend. Namaste. Namaste, Pat. Thank you for sharing your time with John E. Greek and the Mortal Wounds series podcast. Please share John with your friends and family who might benefit from meeting their wounded child. All episodes can be found at speakuptalkradio.com. 
Join John's massive Twitter followers at John E. Greek. Check him out on Facebook at John E. Greek Author. Find his books at Amazon.com and enjoy his website, JohnEGreek.com. And until next time, remember, you are not alone. Hi, I'm Jana Panaritas, host of the AgeWise podcast. I lived with my mother for three years after my father died, and as her primary caregiver, I was often reluctant to take time for myself, just like this caregiver who was a guest on the podcast. It took me a long time to get to that point to say, it's okay if I pay the caregiver to stay with my husband while I go get a massage or while I go shopping, because I still have to take care of myself too. Eventually, I realized that filling my needs was just as important as filling my mother's needs. Please give yourself a break by tuning in to hear the stories of caregivers just like you and me. Listen to a brand new episode at speakuptalkradio.com. To learn more about the show, visit the AgeWise website. That's A-G-E-W-Y-Z dot com. I think as a caregiver, you feel like you're so responsible for that person. And if you're not there, they're not going to be taken care of. Hi there. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the voice of Mrs. Green on the airwaves. And I would love for you to become a part of my world. We love to educate, inspire, and engage people about things like the faceless villain of climate change and lots of other topics that I know will interest you. Our guests will fill you up with hope, possibility, and ways that you can make a difference in your everyday life and that will make a difference for this great planet of ours. Please visit my website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about and plenty to share with others. And to do so, simply head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com, where you can listen to today's show again and hear previous episodes all under the Radio Archives button. And while you're there, visit the shop page to get a copy of the life-saving book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Your Hospital Survival Guide. And if you just need more of me, Invite me to speak to your group, club, church, business, or hospital. My presentations are fun, fast-paced, informative, and life-saving. Visit speakupandstayalive.com for more information. Email me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or call me and leave a message on the radio studio line, 440-725-5462. That is 440-725-5462. 5462. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice.